On this episode of the Park Hills Podcast, we're going to go through Revelation 17 and 18. Pastor Mark and I are going to talk through uh, just the sermon last Sunday and discuss all of the different things that we see that we didn't get a chance to cover as we looked at the sermon. So if you are enjoying what you're hearing, there's tons more information on parkhillschurch.com. I'd suggest you go there and listen to what you need to listen, and hopefully it helps you out as you walk with Jesus. As you preach this sermon, we had some really interesting conversations afterward just about even as you were preaching it, coming to some some realizations and some things that kind of popped out to you. And so I would love to hear you go into a few of those. Uh, so yeah, what were some of the things that jumped out to you the most? Well, you can't you can't look at Revelation 17 without noticing the great post- prostitute on the be- on the beast and yeah, she's tough to miss. And uh, obviously, uh a focal point and symbolic of so much. And, and again, I think I mentioned that in, in the message, I mean, it, it, this is a familiar uh, imagery from the old Testament uh, of uh, God's people, the Israelites uh, really prostituting themselves, but in all their idolatry and following after or following after other gods and seeking other nations and, and all the, uh, you know, idolatry that went along with that. And I'll confess quickly that over the years, I'm like, I, Reading the Old Testament, reading the story of them, you just want to go. Well, you people are so stupid. What? Why would you turn against a God who does this for you and and protects you and cares for you? It's so obvious that 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 God is the Lord of all, and and yet you chase after these uh, other gods. And why do you do that? And and you think how how stupid. And and, and here's this this picture. And yet I, I got to be honest and. I love the fact that through faith in Christ, I'm, I am clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And that as part of the church, part of the bride of Christ, when these days come, I'll be presented with that purity of being with the church and, and righteousness. And yet, if you're like me, my behavior sometimes don't reflect that love to Christ and that love of Christ and, and of his word. And you don't want to use that term prostitution, but it, you kind of feel like that. You, you feel that inconsistency in your own faith. And, and, and I, I don't like that idea. I don't like that thought. Um, I love that uh, Christ's righteousness makes up the difference. And, and, but think about, you know, here, Hosea, you know, go and marry a prostitute. And as a demonstration of what it's like for me, the God of Israel, to to love my people and then have them love others. Mm-hmm. You know, and what a what a great picture, even as hard as it is to see, of of how quick we are to let our affections, our interests, our passions, our priorities go anywhere but toward the Lord. And I, that, that was convicting for me, just mm-hmm. even 
to think about that. I realize that's not talking about me specifically, but it's certainly talking about that whole idea. And and then going into Babylon, we certainly see Babylon a lot in in Scripture, don't we, Chris? And it means a lot. I mean, that there's so much loaded into saying that's Babylon. Yeah, I mean, it's huge. And in the the narrative of Scripture, and we're going to talk about this a little bit next year as we go through the Bible in the year, but Babylon shows up a lot. You know, when the, the people leave the Garden of Eden, they start moving east. And as they move east, they eventually land on the, the, the plain of Shinar, or Shinar. And it's this, this place where the Tower of Babel is built. It's where Babylon, the nation, starts to develop. You know, you've got this mighty man named Nimrod who is connected to that Genesis 6 thing that you made me talk about a few chapters ago. Uh, this this guy, Nimrod, is building these massive kingdoms, and one of them is, is Babylon. One of them is also Nineveh. And so you start to notice this pattern in Scripture. Babylon represents those who are chasing their own might and their own power rather than the power of God. And they are so obsessed with themselves that anything else is nothing compared to who they are. And so it becomes this, this place where they are prostituting themselves. They are acting a certain way. They're, they're begging people to come to them as opposed to go to the one who can actually save, which is really what you're describing a little bit is our own pride. We, we love the fact that Christ has, has, was saved, you know, killed for our behalf and, and saved us by his blood. But one of the things that we struggle through is even though Christ has, has died for us, uh, our lives still sometimes look like, for lack of a better term, the, the city of, of prostitution, just that we are chasing after something else that we shouldn't be. And Babylon is the epitome of that. It is this idea that all the way through history, Babylon is the source of, of evil. It's the source of badness. And what the source of badness is, isn't necessarily the things that we think it is. What the source of badness is, is we don't need God. We can do this on our own. We've got this. And so the kingdom of Babylon, pride. yeah, it's pride. And we see this in Egypt, right? You don't need, I don't need you to tell me what to do. I'm the, I'm the Pharaoh. I'm God incarnate on this planet. I can do what I want to do. You don't get to tell me how this rolls. And Pharaoh is dealt with and Babylon is dealt with and Nineveh is dealt with and Rome is dealt with. And, and we Babylon's s- going to be dealt with again. And we start counting those kingdoms and we start noticing some similarities and some things that are happening. And in the middle of all of that is this idea. There's a kingdom on the planet that is set up and says, man is, is powerful enough to do this himself. Trust in man. Man is co- confident and capable and, and you can walk with him versus God is the only one who can save us. We need to trust God. And so there's a kingdom of, of God or a kingdom of heaven. Uh, some people call it the kingdom of Shalom. Just this idea that I can rest in God. God's got this. I can t- he'll take care of me versus the kingdom of man which is a kingdom of power and might and kingdom of kingdoms. It's this idea of like, I'm going to rule you with an iron fist. I'm going to run this down. And this is a tension that we deal with as humans all the time. You know, someone cuts us off in traffic and we have a choice there. Are we going to trust that God's going to take care of us, that we can rest in God and, and choose patience and love and give someone else the benefit of a doubt? You know, maybe they're late for a dentist appointment or maybe their kid's sick. Or We never go through those scenarios in our head. We're always like, they're an idiot. I can't believe they did this. And we move really quickly to the kingdom of power and the kingdom of might. And that's what's happening in 1718, this tension of which one are you going to take? And the kingdom of Babylon is done for. She's, she's got nothing left. 
She's the mother of all prostitutes. She's the, the source of earth's abominations. She is drunk with the blood of the saints and the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. She is just evil because she is so bent on making sure that you know she's confident, she's powerful, she has what she needs. She doesn't need any God to tell her what to do. And she's had full buy-in of the mighty ones of earth, the mighty leaders of, yep. of earth. That's, that's the crazy part too, just the followers. Totally. And I think when we look at earth, there are more political structures that line up with the kingdom of earth rather than the kingdom of God. Right. I, I think we can all say, even at times, I'm disappointed with some of the decisions America makes. Right. And, and, and please understand, I think we are a great country. We are the greatest experiment of democracy that's ever existed. We're blessed to live here. yeah. And it's awesome. But there are a lot of times where I go, that was way more earthly than it was heavenly. Why are we choosing this? And that's of both administrations. Whether it has a Babylonian feel to it. Whether we're talking donkey or elephant, it doesn't really matter. Right. Everyone makes decisions that are, you might even use phrases like America first, America's great, America this, America that, hope. You start throwing around the political slogans that we use. And, and the idea there is we are great. We're going to stay great. Look what I can do for you. Now, a political leader would never get voted into office if they said, I'm not that great, but God is, yeah. and we're going to trust him. You know, think of Hezekiah. We talked about that for the Advent series. Hezekiah has this mighty army rolling up on Jerusalem. And what does Hezekiah do? He runs to the temple, opens up the scroll of God, and begins to pray on his knees. God, save us. Only you can save us. You won't win a political office doing that. You know, if you go and go, ah. Oh, this nation is going to the, to the dumps. America's terrible. The only way to be saved is, is to fall in God's hands. So we should do that. You don't win political elections like that. Now, religious leaders might win, uh, you know, a, a post in, a, in one of their churches with that. But that's, that's the tension that we're supposed to be feeling. And as we read 17 and 18, the idea that finally that kingdom is going to be destroyed and wiped out, and that's huge. Yeah. Uh, if, if there's an upside to the COVID-19 thing, I think it's for man to have a reality check that we don't control everything, that we're not as powerful as we think. And yeah, obviously, if there is some version of a vaccine or whatever, then that's going to be kind of heroic. And we conquered this again, but it's just a reminder of how much we are not in control. But there's that mindset that we are. And this is a big ding on our pride. We can't open up schools because of the, whatever. You know? Right. Right. So one of the other things that I, I found interesting with this passage that we talked about briefly and we, we thought was an interesting thing, at, at near the end of, of the whole story, there's all these people that are weeping and bawling for Babylon, mostly bawling because their lives are being upset by yep. the fact that Babylon's been wiped out. Personal loss. Very interesting. And we talked a little bit uh, as well. This is a different thing. We talked a little bit about timeline. 17 and 18 here seems to probably line up with what's happening at the very end of 16. So 16, as Babylon is is dealt with once and for all, it almost seems like 17 and 18 is the outpouring of that. So 16 is like the... Further explanation. Yeah, it's the bowl. The seventh bowl is opened and the Babylon's destroyed. And then 17, 18 is the full explanation or description of that. 
But in verse 21 of chapter 16, it says this, then a mighty angel took up a, a stone, like a great millstone and threw it into the sea. And uh, as you were preaching this on Sunday, I scribbled uh, in my notes, millstone with an exclamation point. Yeah. We see millstone a couple of times. In yeah. So I, I brought it in. I thought it would be a fun little rabbit trail for us to go down for the podcast, but millstones don't show up a lot. A millstone is a pretty simple tool. All you do is you grind grain with it, right? So millstones come, you know, maybe the size of a, of a microphone or a little bit bigger, and people would use it to sort of just grind in a dish and, and break the grain up from the chaff that they have. And so the first time that that shows up, a woman takes a millstone and throws it down and kills a guy named Abimelech in the book of Judges. So that millstone couldn't have been very big. And I'm not saying that women can't. she launched it. I can't say, I'm not saying that women can't throw bigger things. I'm just saying. She, she might've been a shot putter or she's, something. She's, she's up in the top of a tower. So I don't think she would have carried a huge millstone up to the top of a tower. There's no purpose in that. But also it's kind of a mockery that Abimelech, this, this great leader of the Israel people is killed by a tiny little millstone. And and so she chucks it down, <laughs> hits him in the head. And that's part of the story is like, this, we're supposed to be laughing at, wow, this guy got killed by a kitchen instrument. Like, that's not good. You know, <laughs> be like uh, somebody today, you know, you assassinated him with a pizza cutter. That's not a wow. That's impressive. Wow. You know, like, wow. So that's, so the millstone shows up there. Jesus says, you know, it's better for you to have a millstone thrown around your neck and thrown into the sea than for you to cause one of these children to stumble. Speaks of a much bigger one. That'd be a slightly larger millstone. Yeah. But the same idea is there. And then we see here a great millstone is thrown into the sea, which would be even bigger than the other ones. And this millstone is is Babylon, representative of Babylon being thrown into the sea and destroyed once and for all. But there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a parallel with all of these. And what's really – this is where it's kind of cool. The, the millstone in Judges is thrown at a guy who's leading Israel astray. It's actually Gideon's son – saying, I'm the new king. My dad didn't do a good enough job because he's dead now and he didn't want to be king. He kept saying no, but I, I know what he should have done and I'm, I'm going to set up king. And so he's thrown, a millstone's thrown on him because he's trying to lead the people astray and he dies. Jesus says, don't let these children run astray or else it's better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck and thrown into the sea. Well, let's go back to this narrative that we're talking about. If you've got two major kingdoms in, in scripture, the kingdom of rest or shalom and the kingdom of earth or the kingdom of, of the iron rod or the staff, these ideas who are you going to follow? Well, Babylon is the one that's leading people astray. So how are they destroyed? I think it's pretty cool millstone. that a millstone is thrown into the sea and the, the angels go, finally, Babylon has been thrown down with violence, which I think is ironic because Babylon is the epitome of violence. And she is thrown down with violence and she'll be found no more. And the sound of harpists and musicians, flute players and trumpeters will no longer be in her. And a craftsman of any craft will not be found in you. The sound of the mill will be heard in you no more. The light of the lamp will shine in you no more. The voice of bridegroom and bride will be heard in you no more. And your merchants who are great and all the nations who were deceived by your sorcery, all of them were found with the blood of the prophets and of the saints, but they've all been slain. It's, it's over. And so there's this finality of there's no more being led astray. It's over. Yeah, I think there's the, the millstone speaks of finality. I've often thought of that millstone being thrown around someone's neck and thrown them in the sea. It's it's pretty much, in other words, you're going to be held down there. You're not going, you're not getting up. <laughs> and the millstone that would have been described there would be like a large, massive donut. You know, a, lot, a lot, huge tire. Imagine the size of a large tractor tire put around your neck. I mean, you're that's yep. You're going to the bottom of the sea, and you're staying there. Yes, you are. And I think that's what this is saying too. You're done. You're you're judged. Why? Because mighty is the Lord who has judged you, and God has given judgment for 
his saints against her. It's a beautiful idea. It's a beautiful idea. And may we be people who live according to that kingdom, the kingdom of God, the one who's going to win in the end and not follow any other kingdom in the meantime. 